So there's an image for you on the screen. The question is, what do you see? How many of you can see the face of an old lady? Five of you. Okay. How many of you can see the face of a young lady? Ah, most people are seeing the young. That's good. Look, look for the youth. All right. How many of you can see both a young lady and an old lady? Oh, yeah, look, all the hands are going up now. How many of you can see nothing? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? There's lots of those different Im images that are around. <clears throat> My point is this. Sometimes we can take that down now, otherwise no one's going to listen to me. <laughs> Sometimes we look, but we don't see. Example. I'm one of those husbands that after I've had breakfast in the morning, I give the bench a thorough clean. I'm mean, talking about elbow grease to the max. Get out the detergents, get out the rags, and I rub and I scrub and I clean it so that I can actually see my own reflection in the, in, the, in the bench. You know, I'm just so thorough at my cleaning. Even take a photo of it sometimes because it's so good. I'm just so good at this. And then my wife, Adrian, comes along and she says, she looks at the bench and she says, there are crumbs everywhere. What are all these marks on the bench? Who did this? And I kind of look and I think, what crumbs? There are crumbs there for sure. You see, my eyes are not trained to see crumbs, to see marks on benches. How many men in the house who are like me? This Christmas, multitudes of people are gonna look at Christmas cards they're going to see images of Jesus, nativity scenes. They're going to sing Christmas carols, may even hear a Christmas service. They're going to look, but they're not going to see. They will see the child that was born, but they won't see the Son of God, the Savior that was born for our salvation. They look, but they don't see. Some have been looking for five years, 10 years, 20 years. Some have been looking for 60, 70 years, year in and year out. They see it all. They see the nativity scenes. They see the celebrations. They sing the carols. They, they, they get the Christmas cards with, with, with even uh, verses on them. They see, they look, they look, they look, but they never see the Saviour of the world. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born. They see the child. Unto us a son is given. They don't see the son. They don't see the son of God in the child. And they miss the whole point of Christmas. That Jesus came to save us from our sins. That we might be forgiven and have eternity in heaven with God. Isn't it amazing? You know the thing that shocks me most about Christmas? 
is people have these massive festivities. Families gather, they sing, they party and all the rest. They celebrate millions, if not billions across the globe. And most of them have no idea what they're celebrating. How do you get a billion people to celebrate nothing? No idea. No idea, seriously, folks. What, what is it about? I mean, are we insane or something? And yet people continue to do it. They're gonna do it next year. They'll do it the year. They look, they don't see. I guess they probably know there's something in this, but they don't look long enough to see. Okay, so I wanna take us on a road trip and pass the Christmas scenery. And we're gonna see a star, a stable, and a manger. And each has an inspiring message for us. Now, what I wanna suggest is you've looked at the star, but you've not really seen. You've seen bits of it. You've looked at the stable, but you've not really seen what it's about. You've looked at the manger, and you've seen some aspects of the message, but you've not seen it all. I wanna open your eyes today. I hope by the end of this service, you're gonna look, never see the Christmas scenery the same again. You're gonna go, oh my goodness, wow. That's amazing. So I hope you enjoy the road trip because there's some fantastic sights to take in. So we're gonna start in Matthew chapter two, verse one to two, and then from seven. <clears throat> now after the Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star, there it is, in the east and have come to worship him. Verse seven. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. See, they're all, they're all aware of the star. Amazing, isn't it? Even Herod, complete unbeliever, still aware of the star and that something was going on. Apparently at this, this time in the world, there was a great expectation that a, that a massive, significant king was gonna be born. There was a huge, they reckon across the world, there was a knowing within people's hearts, something is about to happen. The king is about to be born. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring him back word to me that I might come and worship him also. Well, that was a lie. When they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till, they came, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, fell down and worshiped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented him gifts, gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Amazing. God commissioned a star, a travel guide, to lead the wise men who were in search of the Christmas child, in search of the king that was to be born. And it led them, it, the star led them to the exact location, precisely this the stable where Jesus was going to be born. Amazing, really, isn't it? Because some say it was about a two-year arduous journey following the star in the sky. Finally, when they got there, they bow down and worship Him and offer Him gifts of frankincense, gold and myrrh. Friends, if our world only knew, if they only saw the child that is born, if they only saw the Saviour that has been given, they, like the wise men, would bow down and worship Him and offer Him gifts, expensive gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. There would be an almighty celebration across the globe that the Saviour of the world has been born. Christ the Lord, this day in the city of David. Glad tidings of great joy. 
not of great merriment with drink and booze and all the rest of it. That's not the celebration we're meant to be having. It's a celebration of worship to the King of glory. And just make sure for yourself, those of us who have seen the Christ child, at least throughout this day, if not throughout the whole year, we bow down, we worship Him and offer Him the best that we have to give. Tell the person next to you, give Him your best. Yeah, come on, let's give Him our best. All right, so let's look at this a bit closer. So God provided the wise men with a star, a remarkably accurate guide, without which they would never have found the Christ child. You understand that? No star, they would never find Jesus. God has always provided travel guides, stars, if you like, for earnest spiritual seekers to make sure they find Jesus. When you're searching, there will be a travel guide. There will be a star leading you to Jesus. Let me explore that a little bit more. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 13, you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Many of us can look back to a time when we were without Christ. We were unsaved. We were, were lost. We were searching. We didn't know we were searching, but we were searching for answers. We're actually searching for God. We know we're searching for God. But in the midst of our lostness, God provided us travel guides. God sent us stars, those that would lead us to the Christ child, the Christmas child. It may be a parent, it may have been a child, maybe a co-worker, could be a, a school friend, a university friend, it could be a, 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 you know, a neighbor, it could be anybody, friends. A, a travel guide, a star that led you to Christ. I've reflected on this myself and I've been amazed. God sent me two stars, two travel guides, one when I was in year 10, another one when I was at university at Auckland my last year. And as I reflect on this, it was amazing. In year 10 at school, I did miraculously well in my exams. I can't put it any other way. Suddenly out of nowhere, I just got these grades and I looked and I thought, where has this come from? As a result of that, I was, I was elevated to a higher class the following year. What that meant is that my old friends, unsavory friends that were taking me away from God, they went off the scene, not by my deliberate choice, it's to what happened. They went off the scene and I got new friends who were of a much better influence and one of them was a Christian. And I can't believe that he wanted to hang out with me because I was one of those unsavory ones before I was saved. And so as I think back, friends, I see this is incredible that God even influenced my exam results to change my friendships, to give me travel guides, stars that would lead me to the Christmas child, that would lead me to Jesus, the Saviour of the world. Wow, this is amazing grace. Have you ever seen the star like that before? Why don't you think, who were the stars in your life? Who were the travel guides in your life that led you to the Christmas child? Wow. Wow, does that touch your heart? Why don't you put a name to those people? And then over the coming weeks or months, why don't you contact them? Thank them, send them a text, an email, ring them up, visit them, do something. Thank them, because without them, you may never have found Jesus. Travel guides sent our way wonderfully and faithfully by God.
want to ask a question, scary question. You ready for it? What would you be doing today? And what would your life be like if you had never found the Christ child? If you had never been saved? When I look at some of you, you would be in jail. Yeah? Others of you, you'd be lost on drugs. Some of you would be alcoholics. Others of you would be living grossly immoral lives. Because see, salvation's like a restraining influence in our lives. I, I dare not think what I would be doing today, God forbid, if I'd not got saved. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I would be completely lost and rotten to the core. I was already getting rotten before I say, but I'd just be completely gone. Anyone here today thankful for the Christ child and for your salvation? Give Him praise. Come on. Give Him a praise. Give Him a praise. Give Him a praise. Come on. Thank God for the Christ child. The Saviour has been born. Yes. We are seeing. We are seeing with the eyes of faith. Wow. So good. So good. Thank you, Jesus. Star, the travel guides. We have found the Christ. If you're not a Christian, if you don't know Jesus, guess what? There's already travel guides in your life. Stars, in, otherwise you wouldn't be here. Somehow someone got you here. Something got you here. That's your star. That's your travel guide. Those people are not in your life by chance. That Christian you know at work, at school, they're not in your home. They're not there by chance. They're placed there divinely by God. Their stars sent you away because God cannot bear the thought of heaven without you. God's doing everything in His power to bring you to the Christ child so that you will also be saved. But friends, there's another angle I want to look at here of travel guides that God sends our way. And they are sent our way so we can grow in our relationship with God. It may be a spiritual father, a spiritual mother. It may be a friend. It may be a parent. It may be a, a leader. It could be a mentor. It could be anyone. I want to say, friends, please listen carefully. These are among the most precious gifts you'll be ever given. Why? Because a closer relationship with God is the greatest achievement for mankind. Do you have some travel guides that are leading you to a deeper walk with Jesus? They're leading you to a more intimate fellowship with the King of glory. Do you have some stars? Do you have some travel guides? Who's leading you to a deeper, closer walk? Friends, this is the ultimate achievement in life. Thank God for those travel guides. If you don't have them, ask God, beg Him. Say, God, please send me some travel guides to bring me closer to you. You see, friends, <laughs> you know, in life, this is what happens. We, we, we're delighted, or if we can do it for someone else, we delight someone can help us, you know, make money and invest well. Wow, awesome. Someone who can help us excel in our education. You know, they pour into us. Someone, someone that might help us to be great at a sport or, or really help us to develop a gift. And they are fantastic things, friends. But infinitely greater than that is those who can take us closer to Jesus. As a parent, 
Yes, do all the others. Help them make money. Help them do well at school. Help them do good at school. Do all of that. But over and above that, way, way, way beyond that, draw them closer to Jesus. Be a mentor. Be a travel guide. Be a star in the lives of your children. That is probably your greatest responsibility. Don't let the devil sidetrack you into all these other accomplishments which are so inferior to the ultimate of knowing God. See, my greatest passion in life is to develop my relationship with God. Every day when I wake up, I'm in the pursuit of God. My longing is to know Him more than ever before. Because I know if I can get that right, everything else will take care of itself. I call it living in the pursuit of God. There's been a book written on that over the years. And God sends me stars. He sends me travel guides to help me in this greatest of all journeys. They can be books, they can be articles, can be sermons, they can be people. But maybe the greatest star of all is this book. Travel Guide of the Highest Order. You want to do well in life? Here it is, folks. Here it is, available to every one of us. No one need be without the star of stars because it is actually God Himself. The travel guide of all travel guides. Don't let it gather dust on a shelf, friends, when it can lead you into the favour and the blessing of God. Thank God for travel guides in your life and in my life. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Earl had too much money, way too much money. Didn't know what to do with it. Got into drugs, started taking heroin. Age 35, he ends up in hospital. He's in hospital and uh, he gets a visitor, comes along and gives him a New Testament. Well, Earl is absolutely thrilled at the New Testament because the pages are very thin and they were perfect for rolling joints for his drugs. So he rolled his way through Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Then he got to John. He began to read through the Gospel of John. He encountered God, gave his life to Jesus Christ. The psychologist in charge of his condition was a young, beautiful woman endless qualifications, and was a model. She says to Earl, Earl, your life's an absolute mess. And yet, you seem to have this peace, this joy. You've got something. What is it? Of course, he shares about the Christmas child. Shares about Jesus. She gives her life to Christ. They get married. Then I add my own bit to that. They lived happily ever after. I'm not sure that part was true. Three stars. Three travel guides. The hospital visitor. The New Testament. And then Earl himself, who leads this wife-to-be to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you look at the star in the future, see it through different eyes. But one more thought about the star, about travel guides. 
And that is this. God provides us with these guides to help us through life's journey so we make it to our appointed destination. The appointed destination that God has ordained for each of our lives. We fulfill His will, His calling, His plan for our lives. And friends, I want to say to you today that God has provided for you all the travel guides you need, all the stars that you need to be all that God has called you to be, which is way beyond what you are experiencing today. God has got a magnificent future for you where you can excel, where you can achieve and be successful in God and in serving Him. He has provided travel guides to get you to the appointed destination. You don't need to fall short of the call of God, the glory of God, the purpose of God. He's provided all the travel guides you need. They may be people, they may be books, they may be a church, they may be a sermon, they may be parents, they may be friends, they may be children. They are there, they are there, friends, to get you to the appointed destination in God. But there's only one question that I have to ask you that can destroy all of this is if you don't listen to your travel guides, if you don't take note of the stars that God has put in your life. Friends, they're not there by chance. They're there because of God's great love for you, that you be the person you were called to be. Travel guides, stars, wonderful gift from the Lord. Let's move on in our Christmas journey. It's taking longer than I thought. We've had a few detours on the road. I hope they're worth it. The stable, Luke 2.17. Luke 2.7. She brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the end. If God could commandeer a star <laughs> to lead the wise men to Jesus, could He not commandeer the Bethlehem Hilton? Or a room in a private hospital for the Son of God, no less to be born? Why a stable, friends? Look, we're gonna look and we're gonna see why a stable. The reason for a stable, friends, was God was not going to give His Son a sheltered, protected life, free from the battles, the struggles, the, the pain, the, the grief and all the things that you and I go through. No, the Son of God, from the day He was born, in a stable, in poverty, no room at the inn, would face the full frontal attack of life on planet Earth with all its challenges, all its battles, all its grief, all its heartache, all its depression, all its suffering. The stable tells us, friends, this is no God distant out there, but He's a God who identifies with us. It's put in Isaiah 53, verse 3. He is despised. You've been despised? He's rejected. You've been rejected. It's not only that, friends. He's a man of sorrows. <laughs> think about that. You think he doesn't understand? Wow. Acquainted with grief. Acquainted. Not just a one-off, friends. Acquainted with grief. It's almost like a regular in his life. This is a God who's come close, friends. This is the incarnation. God Himself, God Himself leaves the glory of heaven and becomes a man, suffers, sorrows, grieves, 
There's pain like you and I. Friends, why would he do that? One, obviously for our salvation, but two, so he would understand what you go through. He can sympathize with you. He can have compassion on you. But more than that, he's got power to help you through what you may be facing. This is our God, friends. He fully understands what you're facing today. See, with the birth of Jesus, the incarnation, which means clothed in flesh, God became a man in Jesus. See, people ask, you may ask, what's this God like? I can't see him. Where is he? What's he like? Friends, God became man in Jesus. You want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. Read through the Gospels, you'll see exactly what He's like. He's loving, He's kind, He's caring, He's compassionate, he, He's forgiving, he's, he's your friend, He loves people. He goes out of the way, He's a miracle worker. He is the most amazing person you will ever meet in your life. He is a Christmas child, He is the Son of God, He's the Saviour of the world. That's what God is like. You don't have to worry about what is this God out there, what, no, no. We see Him in Jesus, the most wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person you could ever meet, friends, in your life. You can tell I'm a bit charged up right now. Last night I wasn't, first service I wasn't, but for you lot, I am. I hope you don't mind. You probably came for a sweet lullaby this morning. You're getting full on sermon with fire, with passion. <laughs> It's not what I planned, but it's the way it's coming out. And my time is gone. He can understand us, friends. God loved us so much, He left His place in glory, stepped down to earth. The incarnation became one of us. He can fully understand everything you're going through. Watch these verses, Hebrews 2.18, because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He's able to help those who are being tempted. You've been tempted in some way? You think there's no hope, no fear? Jesus understands. It's what my Bible tells me. Tempted with the wrong attitude. Tempted with something that's not good. What about Hebrews 4.15? We do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. We have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Here's the message of the stable, friends. The next time you look, we can pour out our hearts to Jesus, knowing He understands. Now listen to this. Why? Because He's been there. Listen carefully. A life without advantage, He lived it. A life of poverty and lack. Foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests. The Son of Man has no place to lay His head. Homeless, friends, homeless. Did you hear me? Homeless, poverty, lack, without. He knows, He cares, He understands. And there's more. Rejection. We can't say how often. Rejected almost everywhere He came. He came to His own, those He created, and His own received Him not. The rejection, friends, would have been beyond comprehension. Loneliness, very lonely. Walked a narrow path. A lonely, you lonely today? He's been there. Discrimination, oppression, 
He faced a lot of it. Betrayal. Mm. By one of his closest friends. And betrayed to the extent he went to the cross. Abandonment by lifelong friends in times of greatest need. Death of loved ones over and over and over again. Repeatedly. Physical pain, more than any of us could ever experience. Just look at the crucifixion and the cross. Our last stop on our road trip is the manger. Just a few thoughts on this. This is no modern day bassinet. This is a feed trough for cattle. Crudely constructed piece of farm furniture. Ordinary in every way. If it wasn't for the manger and the Christmas scenery, most Westerners would not know what a manger was. But when you put the Son of God into an ordinary manger, it's transformed to something of dig dignity, of magnificence. The ordinary becomes extraordinary. Listen and see. Look and see at the manger. The manger is a symbol of what happens to an ordinary person, you and me, when we are saved and Jesus comes to live inside our hearts. We become the dwelling place of God no less. Think about that, friends, throughout today. You are the dwelling place of God. God Himself has come to live inside of you. You are no ordinary person. You are not a run-of-the-mill person. When you walk into a room, God just walked in. When you walk into your office, God just walked in. When you walk into your home, God just walked in. You carry God Himself. You are no ordinary person. When you put Jesus in the ordinary, we become extraordinary. We become amazing. We're filled with resurrection power. We're in connection with God. We see miracles, answers to prayer. Our talents come to the ball. Friends, this is my testimony. God has changed my life. This ordinary person has become extraordinary in many ways. I do things I never dreamed I could do. I have fulfillment. I never thought I'd have fulfillment. I have peace. I have joy. I, I can pray. I can see breakthroughs. I can see miracles. I can see answers to prayer. I can see people come to saving knowledge of Christ. I am no ordinary person, friends. You're looking at somebody extraordinary. Do you know why? Because I have a Christ within me and it's exactly the same for you. When Jesus comes into a manger, in the manger of your heart, which may be so ordinary, tell the person next to you, you are no ordinary person. No ordinary person. Ill, ill, druggy. Christ comes into the manger of his heart, transformed, set free from drugs. His wife to be, the beautiful model, unfulfilled, unsatisfied. The Christ comes into the manger of her heart and her life is transformed. Christmas road trip. Look at the star. God provides a tribal guide for earnest seekers to find Jesus, experience a deeper walk. Look at the stable. Whatever you're going through today, Jesus understands and is ready to help you. Look at the manger, the ordinary becomes extraordinary. 
But most of all, make sure you see the son that was given. And if you need to, invite him into your heart so that you are saved. The fact is we live forever. D.L. Moody led multitudes to Christ. I love this. On his deathbed, he said, heaven, earth recedes. Heaven opens before me. This is, if this is death, it is sweet. God is calling me. <laughs> wow. His son said, no, no, Father, you're dreaming. Moody said, no, I'm not dreaming. I've been within the gates. I've seen the children's faces. This is my triumph. This is my coronation. It is glorious. There is a heaven to be gained. There is a hell to be avoided. This is the greatest, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest story ever told. It will never be outdone. It will never be surpassed. It will never be equal. This is the dawn of redeeming grace. Merry Christmas, everybody.